2: I want you to take your Bibles today and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and 6. So let's go back to our story in 2 Samuel 5 and 6. After David defeats the Philistines who had stolen the ark, he decides to bring it back to Jerusalem where it belongs. Let's all give David a hand for doing that. So David organizes a worship parade. He gathered 30,000 people for this parade. And in the course of the celebration, David put the ark on a cart. Remember, it was supposed to be carried by the priest. But he put it on a cart, and the oxen carried the the cart, pulled the cart. And somewhere along the road, it hit a rock or a rut, or the, the road was slanted, that ark of the covenant began to fall. A guy named Uzzah, as the ark begins to fall, he reaches out and he, he touches it and is immediately struck dead. And what we learn from this story was that they were worshiping the right God, but they were worshiping in the wrong way. You see, the ark of the covenant, that box, represented the presence of God, but it also represented the holiness of God. And I want you to know that we cannot in our worship be like Uzzah and disrespect a holy God. When we enter into the worship service, we should come with clean hearts and clean hands and a sense of awe over the greatness of God and the holiness of God. And I will tell you this if you come and truly worship God with all of your heart, with all of your heart, and you worship God with a pure heart, with reverence, you will leave with a peace and a sense of joy that is beyond description, and no one can take away from you. I have three major points. Here's the first major point. Worship is first and foremost for God. Think about God, His steadfast love. His faithfulness endures forever. His provision for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and the other seven, eight billion people on the face of this earth that God feeds every day. His perfection, His forgiveness, His salvation, His power, His goodness. Have you ever thought about His gentleness in your life? He is most worthy of our praise. Amen? Number two, passionate praise produces joy. True worship does not produce long-faced, bored-out-of-their-minds, grumpy people. And you might even be sitting next to somebody who's kind of grumpy today. Don't point to them. do you know honestly when you come to church and really recognize who you are and the greatness of god and you empty self of everything and you're in here simply to give god praise and to give god glory that he is due that it just changes you you can't you can't be grumpy and do that there's something about the joy of the lord that comes inside of you when you just decide you're going to praise god with everything you have amen David is in this process of bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, and this guy named Uzzah reaches out and touches it and is struck dead. He was worshiping the right God, but he was worshiping the right God in the wrong way. David then takes a three-month, a three-month time out. He doesn't do anything with the Ark of the Covenant. He's trying to figure everything out. Look at verse 11 and 12 of 2 Samuel chapter 6. It says, The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. For how long? For three months. A Gittite? They're a foreigner. That's a foreigner. And somehow the ark of the covenant ended up at a foreigner's house for three months. But notice what verse 11 says. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadiah, Obed-Edom the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. And what does that tell you? That's a whole nother sermon right there on the, on the subject of grace. That God's grace is for everyone. And all you have to do is invite the presence of God into your household, and God will bless your household if you'll invite him in that household. <laughs> Whether you're an insider or an outsider it's not about you being on the inside or the outside it's about whether or not god is on the inside of your household so then verse 12 now king david was told that the lord has blessed the household of obed edom and everything he has because of the ark of god so after three months david decides to give it another try this is called parade number two this time, he's going, to do, he's going to worship the right God in the right way. And David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of o- o- Obed-Edom uh, to the city of David with rejoicing. This time, this time, they're not going to put it on a cart pulled by oxen because that's not what the Bible said they were supposed to do. This time, he's going to have the priest actually pick it up. The four of them or the five of them or however many it took, they were going to pick it up. And carry it by the poles on the shoulders. of This time he was going to do it the right way. Three things. Write them down quickly. Number one, true worship is sacrificial. I'll, I'll show you this. Look at verse 13. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, they stopped and they sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Now there's a lot of theology in the Old Testament, sacrificial system, the Israelites were constantly making these animal sacrifices for the atonement of their sins. We know today, of course, that we live in the New Testament, that Jesus Christ eventually goes to the cross, and there he dies once for all time for the sins of all the world. And because Jesus died on that cross for our sins, we no longer have to make those animal sacrifices. Can someone say, thank you, God? But there is an element of divine truth that when we come to worship, that Jesus laid his life on the altar for us. And part of worship is when we come that we lay ourselves on the altar in response to what he's done for us it involves sacrifice. I'm telling you to be a Christian, it involves a sacrifice of your time, of your talent, of your treasure. What if, what if I'm just asking you, what if every six steps you took, you just stopped for a moment to just say, thank you, Lord. What if every six uh, minutes you stopped in a busy day, just say, Lord, everything I have comes from you. What if every six hours baked into your schedule was a time for you to say a prayer and to spend some time reading God's Word? What if every six days in a very chaotic world you put everything aside that you had planned and get to the house of the Lord and simply spend a day worshiping Jehovah God? True worship is sacrificial. Write this down. True worship is physical. The Bible says in verse 14 that David was wearing a linen ephod that he danced before the Lord with all his what? His might. The word dance in this chapter is a Hebrew word, karar, it's only found twice in the entire Bible, that Hebrew word. Both times are in this chapter. And that word karar, David danced. karar, is a Hebrew word that means that he twirled. He twirled before the Lord, but it wasn't just any little twirl. He twirled with all his might. David was not embarrassed to worship God extravagantly and physically he wasn't naked like some people say that he was dancing naked before the lord and he wasn't in his underwear he was wearing an ephod and if you study that and look that up it's something that the jewish priest wore it was like a sleeveless vest and so the picture is david the king of israel he takes off his kingly attire And he wears this garment that was used by the priest. It's a picture of David humbling himself and worshiping God with all of his might. The Bible says in Mark 12, verse 30, that you and I are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our soul in all of our mind and we are to love the Lord God with all of our what with all of our strength and we worship God physically as well as the spiritual everything is involved we gather we sing we lift hands we walk we leap we bow we kneel we clap we praise we shout this scene in the bible is a picture of someone who's not embarrassed he's not ashamed he's not afraid he's not worried what other people are going to think he doesn't worry what he looks like it's not about the clothes that he's wearing it's not about looking a certain part this is for god god is a great god and he was just a thankful child and a a grateful servant And that's what we ought to do. We ought to come to praise Him and worship Him and sing for Him and clap for Him and shout for Him and maybe even twirl for Him. And number three, worship, true worship, is being in the presence of God. It says there in verse 14 that David was wearing this linen ephod and he was twirling before the Lord with all of his might. Verse 15, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of the what? The trumpets. Many angles to the story, but the main point is this. God's presence was front and central to their worship. When you walked in here today, you need to know that God does not live in a little box. God does not live in this big box. God lives in your heart. The Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, that God places his spirit, the Holy Spirit, inside the heart of every single person. So you don't have to, you don't, you, my point is you can worship God wherever you don't come to church to worship that you were, you should be worshiping God wherever you are and whatever you're doing and wherever you're going, because God is with you. And the Bible also says that you should not only be involved in personal worship, but we're called to corporate worship. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the assembly. Some people say, well, I don't have to go to church. I, I worship God. I was out on the golf course the other day on the eighth hole, and I made a putt, and I said, praise the Lord. No, that's golf. And I'm happy you made a putt, finally. But, but once a week, one day a week, every six days, You should be gathering together with other like believers in the process of corporate worship I want you to write these three things down write them down as quickly as you can Yet in worship. Yes, there is celebration and there is sacrifice There is rejoicing, but there's also a reverence but there's also private and corporate And it's not listen. It's not one or the other. It's both We're to be involved in both Do you want 2021 to be better than 2020? Do you want to live another year in fear and despair? Do you want to experience inexpressible and undefeatable joy, an invincible joy? Then I would say to you, live a life of worship be passionate in your praise be passionate in your worship listen to me turn off the news turn off stop stop spending so much time on social media and get your eyes in the word of God and make sure you're worshiping God honoring God revering God and I guarantee you at the end of this year this will be one of the greatest years of your life Your life will be so different if you'll just begin to honor God in everything you do, but primarily in worship and praise. It just turns your joy levels way, way up if you'll start to do that. Amen? Amen. In closing, this is maybe the most important part of this whole sermon. I want you to write this down. Worship is not for the proud. How many of you are still with me? You're still with me? Oh, listen, this is important do you know why people don't go to church if you boil everything down it's pride Uh, i'm just too busy I, i just really don't have time to go you're too busy to worship the almighty god creator of the universe that you will stand before one day and he will judge the living you're too busy for that you're too busy Okay Well, my kids we got soccer practice and I just I gotta get it, you know, they're enrolled, roles. I sold up I we I gotta get them soccer practice, okay? I, I gotta work Well, we have church Saturday night and Sunday morning Well, I got to I can I can I, I I just don't feel like going You don't feel like going all those excuses all of it, you boil it down. You are on the throne of your life. You've removed God and placed yourself on the throne of your life. I'm telling you that everything in this life is fleeting. All the fame in the world, all the money in the world, it's fleeting. It's here one day, it's gone the next. And I'm telling you we spend all of our years on this earth pursuing the things of this world, and everything in this world is fleeting. The only things that matter are things that are eternal. And that's where worship comes in. You're never you're never ever going to have lasting joy pursuing the things of this world because the things of this world only leave you empty because the only thing that will satisfy the true longing of this heart is that personal relationship with God's son so you know once a week you ought to be in here worshiping God now now God does not want you to live inside here He wants you to get out of this salt shaker and go influence the world for Christ. But he does in the midst of this crazy, hectic world that we're living in, and you're here, and you're here, and you're here, and you're here, and you're here. Take a time out and get to the Lord's house and spend that time worshiping God and see if just walking in here and worshiping God doesn't recalibrate all the fear and all the despair that you experience out there in the world. You get back in here. And it sets the course for the next week of your life, if you're so fortunate. Who, who was David? Who was David? Well, first of all, he was a protege. When he was just a little kid, they came and anointed him as the next king of Israel. And then he was the shepherd boy. He killed this little teenager killed lions and bears. I mean, real lions and real bears. He lived out in the hills, like, just like these hills here, the shepherd of the hills. Except it was the Jerusalem hills. They look just the same. You can't tell them apart from them. He lived up there killing lions and bears. And then he was a warrior. He was a man's man. They said, Saul has slain Uh, thousands, David has slain tens of thousands. Oh, he was a warrior. He defeated Goliath, the largest enemy in the land, with a slingshot. And if you read the whole story, after the rock hit Goliath in the head and he fell over, the Bible says David went over with a sword and cut his head off and his head rolled down a hill. And then David was sovereign. He was the king of Israel. And yet, when he finally had God's presence and back there in that city, what they call the city of God or the city of David, he didn't care what anybody thought. He was just going to worship with all of his might the living God. Now, he had a wife. that was mad at everybody, including him. And she said, this is in the Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 6, when David returned home to bless his household, and men, every man, I hope you're listening, when you come to church and you, you honor and worship God, you get to go home and be a blessing to your household. Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today disrobing in the sight of the slave girls and his servants as any vulgar fellow would david said to michael it was before the lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the lord's people israel i will celebrate before the lord and then he said this in verse 22 you think you think you saw me worshiping god i will become even more undignified than this and i will be humiliated even in my own eyes He didn't care. He didn't care. Stop worrying what other people think and start worshiping God. Make this the year where you worship
1: God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet and He provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith, can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. You can also get Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith on our website liftupjesus.com Our address again is liftupjesus.com Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith today.